Greetings, weary travelers. Come, warm yourself by the fire, and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and of course, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Lotus of Doom. Uh, it's been a little hiatus. We've been kind of defaulted to like this weird pseudo bi-weekly thing as of late with scheduling conflicts and everything. But um, we are here uh, slightly longer than a week, needless to say. Um, but we are back. Ark is unfortunately unable to join. However, we have kind of like long in the making. We just have never managed to do this. Um, stream team member uh, Jimmy JJ Shabadoo. Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing all right. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, we had originally talked about this, I don't know, like nine months ago. <laughs> and then that didn't end up happening. And for the longest time prior to me ever being like a main host on the show, because of the weird hours we sometimes run and our very different time zones as well, often we're raiding each other post our streams as is. So it's kind of much like with the Ninja 614 situation. It was how have we never had you here as a guest? It's just kind of weird how that worked out. Um, but on the flip side, now, you know, the first time you're here, you're actually um, a stream team member now where you wouldn't have been this spring. So... Mm -hmm. Delayed congrats on that. I would say long overdue, personally, because you were one of the people I like to throw out there as um, your streams are not only pretty new player friendly, even though you do like pretty much everything. Not, you're, you're kind of in my vein of things. It's like, yeah, if it's in the game, I'll probably mess around with it. Um, you, however, are very good at explaining stuff, which I always uh, find as an art form that I do not have any talent in. <laughs> It can definitely be a challenge, and I attribute some of that to kind of like my experiences with uh, Toastmasters. I uh, took Toastmasters uh, through my uh, about five or ten years through my uh, work, and through that I learned about how to like speak to an audience, how to tailor what I'm trying to say to help uh, explain things. Yep. It helps out a lot in my, my career as a software engineer as well, since you oftentimes have to explain very difficult and convoluted things to uh, to folks who might not necessarily know how they work. For sure, for sure. And actually, with a lot of, like, you know, endgame stuff being so mechanics-heavy oftentimes, um, and, and you know, I've discussed it when we've had uh, eight puppies on, sometimes the game's not the best at giving you all of the information you would like. <laughs> so having that information available from somebody who knows what they're doing with it, it can be super useful. So that's it's one of the things that I feel like you sort of excel at in your in your stream. So, you know, we have a lot of people who like to learn this stuff. So you're one of the ones, hence why we were joking about, like, we raid each other all the time post-stream, is I feel like you're actually a really good resource, even though you're not necessarily just, like, your stream isn't necessarily like, I'm going to teach you how to do everything. It's I'm doing this stuff and I will explain it along the way, which personally I, I find very, very useful. So um, so the reason we, well, I mean, other than wanting to have you join for the show, the big thing that you are going to be able to provide a lot more information than myself is um, in the time since our last show, Update 40 has dropped. We have the Endless Archive now. We have um, the new jewelry system in play. Um, some balance changes, but very minimal again. So keep it up, Zoss. That's how I like it. Minimal balance changes. I get it for the reasons of balance. That's fine. But like 
that is something I'm so glad that they've really done such a good job of changing the direction of this year instead of the overhauls. That was one of the few that I personally feel they they at least did seem to listen, which I appreciate a lot because uh, that got a little daunting. <laughs> for sure. It, um, it seems like this. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go for it. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it does seem like this uh, go around. Uh, most of the changes have been uh, just uh, either target cap related or uh, or whatnot. So uh, just not a lot of relearning how your skills work. Yeah, for, for sure. And that's the and the balance things don't seem they're not overhauls. They're like a little more adjustments, which I, I really think is a big thing. Because, um, yeah, that that. <laughs> The overhauls was, I think, what was draining a lot of people. I know for me personally, it was one of the things that I I really was struggling with. Where it was like, okay, I, ironically, in the year that I learned to like actually play a legit endgame DPS, it was like, oh my god, every patch I need to learn what to do again. It was like, I am, I am not, I am not good at this much of multitasking. I'm getting completely overloaded. So, big, big props to them continuing that. It looks like, I mean, this is the last patch of the year. Um, so it's good to know that they kind of stuck with that throughout this, and I hope they kind of carry the changes to be at a more reasonable pace into next year. Um, but on that note, let's kind of dive into the update 40 thing, because that is the news. Um, we just finished Witches Festival, which actually happened in the two weeks that uh, we were away, uh, like since our last show, and then Witches Festival happened. Did you manage to, just out of curiosity, before we, before we jump into 40, just because it's a little before 40 happened, um, yeah. how was how your drop chances in, like, there was the new achievement for the ghost pet, which I think, mm -hmm. like, the ghost snatch, which I thought was a hysterical pet, big fan of that, uh, shout out to Red Diamond Carrier for kind of, like, calling that out before it happened, which I thought was kind of funny, they were like, oh, it'd be great if they just, like, threw a sheet on a natch, which is exactly what the pet <laughs> is, um, Drop rate seemed uh, real bad uh, for those pieces. Yeah, definitely had to throw a few tickets uh, that way for sure to, to, to get that unlocked. Um, also, running in multiple accounts, sometimes I'll be able to uh, throw a few things my way from my other way. So yeah, that that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah, I I didn't I didn't buy any, but I was going to be short, and I was about to. And ironically, uh, shout out to Vault from uh, one of my trials teams. <laughs> He happened to have a couple extra. He was like, hey, you can have these ones. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, thank God. I don't even need to figure out how to do this because I, I, you know, specifically wanted it. But, um, yeah, and Crowley actually said he got five extras. So it seemed like it was just a little all over the board this time, um, which I guess is better than the we all have 10,000 spider legs for the, the pot thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I still know what I'm going to do with all these uh, mammoth bones. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, my God. The mammoth <laughs> bones and the Breton, uh, the Breton Terriers from yeah. the event i i just anytime anybody said they didn't have one i would just build all three alliances and be like here you go <laughs> here's all <laughs> three of them i'll just go on all three three alliances and make you one of each all yours um all right let's see what have we got so now we can actually jump into update 40 for the most part um it's really at least uh from my perspective, very player friendly because you actually there's nothing to overtly buy. There's the cosmetics and stuff in the crowd store. Sure. But the thing itself is free. It's it's base game, um, including the brand new uh, endless archive one or two player pl player player um, <laughs> endless 
tr- like dungeon trial arena. It's 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 weird. So I, I'm gonna kind of throw this totally to you and let you explain your experience with it, um, and and how it's kind of played out from what we've gotten going into it. Sure. Um, well, just uh, to, to get people off the, on the right foot here, the Endless Archive is effectively an endless dungeon experience. Uh, you uh, start off uh, in the way that the uh, the arc, the arc is structured is uh, there are uh, like the things are breaking down into stages. So every st- uh, stage will uh, have either uh, trash mobs or a boss. Sure. Then we have uh, cycles, which basically are collections of three stages. So uh, first two stages being the, uh, the the mobs, and then the third one will be the final boss. And then at the end of uh, five si- uh, fifth every fifth cycle, you get to uh, fight a uh, unique boss that is uh, uh, exclusive to the uh, archive. And then the, for the first four um, arcs, you get to fight a random boss from a variety of different uh, content in Tamriel. We've got world bosses, we've got story dungeon uh, and uh, uh, trial bosses even. The mechanics are tailored more to the arena that they get to fight in in this particular instance. So you may end up spending a little time trying to figure out, okay, how did this, I know how this works in this dungeon, but how does this apply to this arena, which is structured differently? Um, just to throw out there, like the Rakat fight is uh, slightly different, but if you start it, the, <laughs> yeah, because uh, you don't have to do the whole uh, the uh, eight phases around the room. But there is a uh, a defensive uh, sigil that you'll want to stand on if you want to uh, try to survive some of the, the tougher mechanics that he throws at you, like the the Gatling gun and whatnot. That's pretty cool, actually, because I, I, I've stayed mostly blind to watching it type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's the one I was most interested in since, like you mentioned, it's all of them. And it's like trials. That's a big condensing of the amount of players doing things. So that, you know, are dungeons or, or story or even overworld manageable with like a smaller group of people. Trials are much more involved. So it's kind of neat to see those outside that content. And I'm I'm curious if maybe it might help ease some people into not being quite so shell-shocked the first time they go into a mm-hmm. trial for the first time. I mean, normal trials are pretty manageable with people who have any idea what's going on and stuff like that. You can be led through it and stuff. You know, but but at the same time, sometimes it's people are nervous because they've never seen it, so they don't want to screw it up. It would be yeah. kind of interesting having this little background if that's maybe a good way to ease people in a little bit. Those stairs that we always talk about trying to get people toward higher levels, sometimes they're a little more like jumps. So it's like, I wonder if this might actually help bridge that a bit. Well, definitely get you in the uh, notion of learning like the different bosses, uh, mechanics and fights. So a lot of the fights in Archive are scaled down to one or two players because that's only the number of players that can get and go into the account where uh, uh, the Archive where... Trials are more intended for 12-player interactions and whatnot. So you don't have, like, these huge massive uh, damage swings, uh, you know, very few one-shots. In fact, uh, in the first arc, uh, oftentimes uh, you're just relegated to uh, to just uh, some of the, the more basic uh, lower end uh, damage. Uh, like, the, a lot of the uh, things don't really start hitting hard uh, until you get into the second or third arcs, and then they really start ramping up every, like, two or three arcs uh, as, as you progress, but... To do your daily, all you really need to do is the first arc, and that's very approachable for a variety of different players. Interesting. Well, okay, so that's actually something that I've... So, for the most part, at least tangentially, from what I've seen in my little 
sphere of everything. Um, Overall, people really seem to enjoy this for the most part. I've actually seen very minimal negativity on it. Like, Azura actually did just, like, a goofy little poll on it's like, what did you like? And it was like, the the farthest down was like, oh, I don't like it. And that had barely any votes. And like most people, I really like it or I, I like it. Um, and then some were kind of like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Like, but like the overwhelming majority was positive, which is nice to see because clearly it was it, well done to a degree. Um, and really the only consistent thing I've seen as a, a universal, not even a negative, but a suggestion what they would like is like, <laughs> People would love a way to, if you don't fail at all, can I please checkpoint this so I can come back to it? Because the ramp up can take a while to get to your appropriate skill level for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And I've heard that from not just people that, you know, wreck house like Skinny Cheeks or, uh, you know, eight and stuff like that. Okay, yes, they're incredibly good. So they're going to have to, like, they're going to breeze through way more rounds than like I would. But um, it seems like everybody's kind of like, yeah, it, it's one thing if you fail the round, we're, we're out of vitality, like we have to restart, fine. But like, we've been going for six hours, I, I just need a break, like, <laughs> like, good lord. But then it's like, if you if you log out beyond the timer, like just for a normal or instance reset, which is 15 minutes, I believe, or is it five? Is it run? Is it like the normal arenas? It's closer to five. It's cl- five. Okay. Because um, I know you get the logout thing at like 15. So I didn't know if it was like a standard arena thing. Okay. So yeah. there you go. Like you, that's not an awful lot of time. Like, especially if you're done for the day, like you can't just assume it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just going to play an entire work shift and then just keep going. It's like, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. It seems like if people could pick back up and not playing it myself yet, that definitely sounds like. Unless I'm complete garbage at it and I just keep getting wrecked at the start. I feel like getting back to the area where it's like it matches your difficulty, whatever arc that may be. It'd be nice if you could get there quicker Mm. until you fail. And then, yeah, that's fine. Work your way back up. But it's like if you don't fail and you still have to restart, that's kind of like, oh, I could see that being a little draining when you're trying to push as opposed to just run it casually. Yeah, the, and it, there is a certain measure of also like that one more churn fever. Like uh, I ended up bringing into that last night. Actually, <laughs> uh, we were go- going in there just to do like a daily, and by the time we got uh, through like uh, arc three, which was well beyond what we needed to do for the daily, we had not lost any lives. So we had gotten a fair number of really good buffs, and was like, you know, we we could push this even more and uh, and try and. Uh, roughly about five hours in the archive later, uh, we finally lost our last thread. So uh, it was Oof. just, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got fairly far. That was uh, the furthest I've been out in the archive. It was like uh, the sixth arc, uh, last okay. uh, last um, cycle of that. And then like this pull before the uh, the boss, actually. So we ended up dying to, uh, to mobs because they just hit so hard at that level. Sure. And actually, um, it, it's, it's funny, like mentioning... Um, Crowley had mentioned actually that his his runs took about four and a half hours or so, and SD actually mentioned, which is something I heard actually it might have been during streamer trials that it was brought up uh, mm-hmm. while you guys were chatting about this. It the idea of if you want a scoreboard like rank, that's fine. Add the endurance element in, fine. Like you have to do it in one go. Like VMA, you can do VMA in chunks. 
You're just not going to post a leaderboard score unless you do it all in one run. Um, I, I like that idea, too, because then it's like it's the difference between personal best and trying to flex on people for like what you've got as a scoreboard sure. score. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe some of the difficulty in trying to implement that might be the fact that it is designed for two players. Having two people come on in at different stages might throw off something if they try to do it that way. I'm not sure, but... Oh, yeah, I could uh, I could I, see I, that. Yeah. I mean, programming uh, but, is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would love to see some way to, like, uh, restart a, uh, a personal run at uh, maybe a level with... Uh, you, you know, to the exclusion of going into the uh, scoreboard because, you know trying to see how how you do and how far you can get uh, without necessarily having to uh, wear yourself down over the course of, you know, several hours would be nice. Sure. And and yeah, to that point, it's like, you know, that that's where the pushing your personal best as opposed to pushing a scoreboard best. It's like, OK, well, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can have the endurance part um, as as part of that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you've got to be willing to do this in order to post a leaderboard score because you know you're going to get some wild scores you've already seen some wild scores with people really just trucking through that place which is which is pretty cool to see there's a lot of uh it looks like there's a lot of rewards and achievements and stuff like that tied to it as well which is pretty cool yeah there's a new mount there are pets there are face markings titles all sorts of uh, fun stuff you can pick up and uh tons of antiquities that are built into the archive uh, reward structure as well that I really like, and it is funny because that is something that I I thought was kind of a, a unique, you know, whatever. I, I we everybody likes to definitely bring up many of the awkward business processes, uh, you know, practices games uh, have, uh, ESO not excluded. Um, but one of the things which is actually kind of an interesting marketing thing, from what I've heard about, is. Since it is base game, some of the antiquities you can unlock, the leads are like, it'll give you the leads to kind of like nudge you toward other DLC. That's, mm -hmm. I feel that's a non-predatory, pretty clever way of doing that. Like you, people may think otherwise, but it's like, that's fine. You can do the stuff for free and you can get a bunch of the rewards as included with your base game. But it's kind of interesting. It's like, well, this is our way. You're not buying anything overtly. We'll give you like, if you want to go to this, sure, here's your way to do it. It's like, all right, that's that, fair enough. I mean, it might be a little better. I, I still don't think lead should expire. That's annoying to me. But I, I mean, I, I get the monetary reason behind that. But like, I, I, don't, I, I think it's pretty cool that there's some stuff like everybody can do stuff. Actually, SD says all of his stuff keeps dropping in Apocrypha. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so so that's kind of that's that's interesting that there's so much stuff because again, the reward structure has been a problem for a lot of people in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, this year has done better. Obviously, there's still room for improvement. Um, I'm definitely not the four runner on any of this because a lot of this stuff i'm like great i'm glad you people get what you want i don't care um personally like it's stuff like that tends not to be my draw but you know most people don't care about your little number going up at the bottom of the screen because you got some random achievement that most people don't even know exists <laughs> like whatever the incentives are, are different for different people um so i know that type of stuff is important to a lot of people so i'm glad that they've at least been working toward doing more with that i feel like that's a definite step in the right direction i kind of hope they keep doing that because the big one after this one you can get a mount from um endless archive we have another unique mount coming from the tickets at the end of the year 
unique meaning we've never had that i'm sure there's like the structural thing is like it looks kind of like a senshi rot but it's not it's like a bear or something i don't know i think that one actually looks pretty cool <laughs> um then you have the trials mount we have the overworld mount that is is that more yeah, mounts than we've had like in game <laughs> available other than yeah. indrix prior to like over the last like four chapters combined or something like that is a definite step in the right direction um, so I do hope for the people that enjoy that stuff, it's, you know, keep nudging toward that. That's, I, I think that's definitely good. Um, but yeah, and obviously housing is a huge draw to this game. So that stuff dropping as well. Sounds very, very good. I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah, other than update 40, we got the overhaul to all of the jewelry stuff, was did that go smoothly I, I i haven't heard any type of catastrophes but but i think the only issue that i heard come up was mitigated by temporarily turning off trading for a couple of days while they made some uh, hot fixes okay uh, but beyond oh beyond yeah that, i actually uh, forgot about yeah. that yeah but beyond that i think uh, it's been a fairly smooth transition i um Actually, wow, yeah, I forgot about that. There was this, it's kind of irrelevant now because it's back. But yeah, there was a brief problem with not being able to trade. I felt briefly like I was playing Diablo where they disable it every patch because there's some duplicate exploit. Um, so I, I, yeah, I actually I completely forgot that because it was pretty quick, wasn't it? It, it wasn't like yeah. a long period of. It was only like a couple of days. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it, it kind of threw people off because it was, uh, you know, depending on which, uh, uh, new sources you were following. If you were following the forums, you kind of got it right away. For those who were just playing the game, uh, I don't think they really got it right away. And then all of a sudden they found out they couldn't trade in the middle of a dungeon when they had like gear that they wanted to offload to a, a friend or whatnot. And they couldn't. Sure. Sure. Um, but you know, okay. Easy enough. I mean, that's been replaced, which is yeah. good. Um, one thing that I did hear in regards to that, which I'm actually going to probably be doing later today while I watch football. Um, mm -hmm. A tip that I was given, I actually forget where I originally heard it from, but it's so because of the amount of grains that tend to drop from refining your materials, mm -hmm. it's suggested that if you're on console and you don't have the update yet, the drops for grains are actually higher because of the new system they're full plates or whatever, but the grains are going to get turned into plates going forward. So I've heard that if you're sitting on surveys and you're on console like me, do all of your surveys and refine them right now. So you maximize it. I don't know if that's actually true or speculation, but I'm going to definitely do it for the sake of it. Also, it'll clean up my inventory. Mm -hmm. So, but um, yeah, I I'm just, I'm very looking forward to really chewing through uh, so many of these surveys. I, I have been hoarding, the best I can, those stupid blue jewelry surveys that are worth like 23 or whatever, mm -hmm. which are totally not worth doing normally. <laughs> um, and now I'm very excited to go through and do those because I'm trying to finish off our guild hall uh, for the mm -hmm. podcast. And basically, I'm just going to try to nuke through literally. I think I have 200 in my inventory right now that I've got to just machine gun through as fast as possible once I have all the plates for them because... I said, you know, with the with the increase, and they're not increasing what they do. This should be much, much more efficient. 
Oh, yeah. And it'll definitely be worthwhile doing a lot of the older uh, surveys, or uh, not, not just, I'm sorry, the, the older uh, master writs once you've uh, completed, uh, when they complete the transition. So, yeah. Um, you've been holding on to those for a while, especially the uh, higher ones. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, sc the scaling of the newer uh, uh, master writs are going to be a little bit uh, scaled down, like I think uh, the Blue rewards uh, are going to be kind of become what purple. That's uh, what I had heard. Was. Yeah. And, and purple kind of get nudged up yeah. to gold. And then those yeah. whacked out gold ones will just be kind of probably not They're common gone. or they'll just be crazy drop, like crazy low percent drops. Like you can sometimes get like a, a really valuable like, oh, it's a woodworking one. But for some reason it's worth like it's it's all obnoxious traits and super rare mm -hmm. styles. So it's worth like 300 or something like that. Like. But those are not common. Even for the gold ones, it's like, okay, I get like yeah. 90. You're trying to use your swifts, your, yeah. Yeah, e exactly. Um, so that's good to hear. Have you messed around with the all-in-one crafting stations at all? They are amazing. It's so <laughs> nice to be able just to go up to one station, try to find uh, that specific set piece you want to craft the right weight. Uh, and uh, to, to speak to like the ability to do that with uh, add-ons, I mean, Master, it's just are a breeze <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it's almost it's almost set it and forget almost but yeah it's just so nice uh, especially if you've got a guild hall that has like a fully kitted out uh master crafting station yeah it's also mentioned that they look really cool i love that they didn't just have it be a standard station like that that's kind of like every now and then you get something you didn't expect the fact that they like morph artistically, like design wise, that's just such a thing I don't think ever would have really crossed my mind. So like the fact that they did that is like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Like uh, and, and it kind of gives you a gauge as to when you're looking at it, how upgraded is it type of deal. So that yeah. that's a that's a pretty cool uh, touch that they added for sure. Um, All right. Uh, anything else that you've kind of noticed? Uh, how's like. I didn't hear any catastrophes or anything like that about all the servers blew up on launch uh, on release day. It seemed like a pretty smooth launch for the most part, from what I could tell. Um, not playing on PC at the moment myself, so I don't I don't really have any direct gauge, but it seemed good. Yeah, uh, there were you know just at the very start a few things that needed to be uh, uh, taken care of in terms of like. Uh, uh, hotfixes and whatnot which they got out fairly quickly uh and most of the the remaining stuff i think they're gonna be trying to tackle in the next few things so i know we have a update coming on monday which is gonna fix a rather nasty negate bug that came in which Ooh. i've been looking forward to because in uh, pvp it's been a little bit tricky to deal with but I, is that yeah, the thing where that? you can't see where siege is landing that i've heard about or is that uh, no, something different the, the siege landing issue has kind of been an all-around thing for a while now, but oh. uh, the, the <laughs> way I understand now is uh, Sork negates. Uh, uh, sometimes some people will be able to just drop it on you, and then when you get out, say you leave the negate or uh, it expires or whatever, sure. you won't be able to use any of your magic skills or ultimates until you either die or uh, enter a uh, instance like a delve or or. Good lord, that's quite the uh, Sork negate buff. <laughs> <laughs> unintended and it's not consistent like uh you yeah. sometimes get negated and it'll work just fine uh, other times you'll be locked out of your skill uh your magic skills and ultimates and it's like oh i guess i'm gonna go that now <laughs> woof okay yeah that's pretty yeah. miserable um <laughs> so yeah stuff like that obviously that yeah that needs to be that's that sounds awful um <laughs> yeah um but, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, stuff like that's, you know, it's not game breaking, but that's just annoying if you run into that um, in PvP. Um, it, it's funny just because, like, I had never really heard about the siege thing. And I don't know if I've been incredibly lucky or if that's like a PC only thing. Because I never remember that the like being unable to see siege as like a thing that I've encountered. Or I'm just blissfully ignorant and don't care because I'm so like. I just kamikaze into literally everything when I'm in PvP. So, but yeah, I don't know how much I can get into it because I feel like part of it might be exploity, but it tends to be sure. like if somebody's launching siege from outside of draw distance, the siege won't render oh. when it lands. Oh, interesting. Which makes me curious if maybe that's why it's more of a PC thing. Like if you have variable hardware, so your draw distance theoretically wouldn't be well we would have minimal because there's a ps4 to a ps5 and we all play on the same thing but like mm -hmm. console hardware is going to be a lot more standardized so you probably wouldn't there wouldn't be a, that variable i could see whereas with mm -hmm. pcs you can absolutely have variables like that i mean you can have a lot more variety interesting i uh yeah huh. I, yeah it's just yeah, something I, i've heard about but i i've never knowingly encountered myself yeah, it's like sometimes some people will like be launching um, siege weapons from like say a little nearby resource, and mm -hmm. you won't even realize you're uh, you're in siege, but you'll take a whole bunch of damage all of a sudden, and then just like, flop oh, no. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah, like, why, why did why did I explode? Twenty um, k of cold fire. Where where did that come from? <laughs> Interesting. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, so I hope that kind of clues people in if you're on console like myself this is uh, i'm i'm very excited for this patch actually it's it's weird to say i'm very excited for like a patch that isn't a new zone type of thing it's just like a new thing to do i've long wanted a two-player thing to accomplish um with lots of like kind of grindy progression achievements that's not meant in a negative way but like one of the things i did notice about the endless archive um i mean since it's theoretically endless time isn't a factor with it um which is unique because time is basically always a factor in eso everything is speed runs and stuff like that when you're doing challenge-based content which the solution is blow it up faster and you do better. It's kind of been a long-standing problem and it's got not, not a problem, but it's, it's caused design issues where like healers kind of get left out of a lot of stuff because it's like, well, if we can just be alive, <laughs> more damage is better. Um, so it's interesting to see how this kind of like works out uh, going forward, especially as we have more time with it. But I like the fact that a lot of things are, you know, okay, the challenger achievements, the speed run, the no death, the hard mode, blah, blah, blah. Or you do them all at once for the trifecta, right? You're trying to, okay, how, what's the hardest thing I can do with nobody dying and how fast can we do it? It's interesting taking that speed element out of the equation because then the thing you work toward toward isn't that flawless run that gets you your achievement you know god slayer tiktok tormentor swashbuckler supreme whatever it is you don't need that one perfect run where like everything just goes you can work toward these achievements because it doesn't end you can't get a trifecta in an in an endless thing there's no end so i like the fact that I, when i was looking through some of the achievements they look a little bit like oh get this many get this many this fight all the bosses granted that's a little rng ish which 
you know, you don't know which bosses you're going to get. You could just have bad luck. Um, we'll get in a, my RNG stuff in the tail section because, good God, <laughs> I've had some bad RNG recently. But um, what do you call it? I do like that, and I feel like that makes that content something that you can work toward completing as opposed to practice until you get the one run that matters or just get really, really lucky and just bam, oh, it all worked out. Like, and we, we got the trifecta and we're all done. Like, kind of like we did with Shipwrights Regret, where I, I still joke that it was like, it was like our third pull of the place and we got the trifecta. And we're like, I don't even still totally have like the final execute of first boss down pat because we just did it so fast. It was like, oh, it just worked. They just happened to give us the right two people each time. And then we just cleared it. And then we just aced the rest of the dungeon. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't. I've only ever done that first hard mode like three times. Cause I'm like, well, we're done. What the hell do I care? Yeah, I mean, there's still a, a certain amount of uh, like DPS race qu uh, qualities to certain boss fights. Like, sure. if you fight fast enough, uh, you you may not get certain mechanics to fire off. But yes, certainly in terms of the uh, the effect of like building up towards the achievements and whatnot, they're very achievable over time, uh, and they. Uh, you know, the uh, build up over multiple runs, too. So it's not a lot like you have to go and do this specific uh, sequence of events in order to trigger that. It's more right. along the lines of pick up quests, do uh, the quest objectives over the course of several runs and then turn in or uh, collect uh, these uh, items, which you can consume uh, immediately on the fly to uh, increase a counter in the time in the uh, achievement. Sure. Uh, very doable. Yeah, be so, and, and the other benefit to that is if you're super efficient and you don't have a lot of downtime and you're just wrecking runs for a really long time, you're going to get that faster than needing to restart mm -hmm. at the beginning each time. You know what I mean? It's like so I, so yeah. it's it's still beneficial to be good at it and practice and get better, but it's it's not required to be, you know, not that again, trifectas are not as perfectionist as people oftentimes say they are where it's, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need 115k dps for everybody in the group to do tiktok tormentor or something like that like you do if you want like an 18 minute run but you have 40 minutes for the speed run like i i have yeah. joked and talked about our run we had a bug which um we're hoping is fixed but we're done with that trial specifically although we have had a little bit of bugginess with dawnbringer right now um and actually you know what i'm kind of curious on this see if you've run into this because you play all roles as well have you had any taunt issues in trials specifically um not so much with four person stuff um where taunt decides it's done when it's done not so much when the timer says it's done or taunt lock happens basically immediately <laughs> uh let's see it's hard to kind of uh, pace that out because i don't usually do a lot of tanking in trials okay but, uh from the perspective of like bosses getting dropped i haven't seen a lot of that in trials so much but there is always the uh possibility that you know you're you fired uh, a taunt at a mop and something else got in the way got, yeah you know, intercepted the taunt or whatever yeah um, i've seen a i've seen a fair bit of that uh, across the board uh dungeons and trials but yeah as far as uh, nothing specific that you're aware of nothing that i'm super aware of at the moment other so than just yeah, so we we have the um because again we also have a little less because we don't have like a, an add-on that would like kind of you know even though i'm not a proponent of add-ons some of the data they provide i feel feel is very useful when you're looking back at stuff i think that's when i'm like okay i get it um we kind of have to parse it together so unfortunately sometimes it takes us longer on console to parse together what exactly is going on and yeah. um 
I briefly went over this, but just because you're a little more from the technical side of like the mechanics thing. One of the things that we had and, and we did end up more or less confirming it because we started all of the different trials that I know of, like different teams and stuff like that. We all started asking each other about it and kind of like feeling it out to not provide too much information to sway their opinion. Just be like, hey, anything weird to you? And after the fifth group said the exact same thing was happening, we're like, okay, we're not even telling people what this is. And we're all coming to the same exact problem. When we were doing triplets, you were not allowed to switch them. (laughs) They were just, you're, you couldn't do it. The tanks would, and and we had a bunch of, we've got some videos of it and stuff like that. We're, we're not sure if it's like, an, I mean, there were plenty of bug reports thrown out, but we had to modify entirely how we did triplets to get our trifecta because there was an element of RNG that it was like, these could go haywire and we're just, we're going to lose somebody. And we lost a couple of runs, right? But the answer seemed to be go really, really slow that taunt has dropped off the bars then allow them to try to do it again. And in the meantime, DPSs all need to just be heads up. And we were running so many barriers so that people could like soak a little damage as long as they're not enraged or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, what would what we kind of ran into um, was when they would try to swap, the things would go off, they would swap, that they would start to run at each other, and then they would just go right back to who they were tethered to originally. The swamp would never happen. Oh, no. (laughs) Which is, to anybody who's done that fight, you're dead. Like, it's just, it's lethal damage. Like, there's no surviving it. Like, uh, we even tried, like, BSing the way through it with, like, Magma Shell, and it just goes straight Mm -hmm. through it. Like, you just die. There's just no surviving it. So, we ended up having a DPS kind of, like, keep their eye out and if it got weird they would pull taunt just because it would be a third party and it would it would be enough that the mechanic would stop frying both the dps or both the tanks but it wouldn't even work right so once all of the timers had dropped we were they they could do it and they would go right back to what they were supposed to do so we're like we just need to go really really slow <laughs> and we should be good the other tactic that people were trying was we go so fast that the mechanic doesn't happen <laughs> like um and our group did not have that type of burn where we're like well we we did hold them in but the problem mm-hmm. was when we tried to just completely obliterate them strategy it got so dicey to find out if they needed to and it wasn't a hundred percent of the time like it wasn't it never worked. It was a fun surprise sometimes that they would start to move and they'd think everything fine and then they'd go back and it's like, oh no, 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 we've got to readjust. Um, because our our like video, uh, it's funny, a couple of people pointed out, they were like, you look like you are just basically just dicking around in the middle of tri- triplet. Because I stop attacking, I'm literally looking around while we're waiting for everything to align and we're just giving each other barriers so everybody has barriers up in case anybody gets stray shot. And then, like, once it goes, once it's like, oh, taunts off, they're doing what they're supposed to. Okay, go back in and burn. And that was just how we did it. It was like a three minute fight for something that, when you're going for a trifecta, that's fight's not three minutes long, like as a gauge. Um, And I have been getting better at it because I actually had never tanked Shield of the North. I, so Mm -hmm. it was totally new to me. And we started that to go into our Dawnbringer prog. And, uh, Shout out to skill issue. Um, we, we're already finishing with double digit vitality after three runs. Uh, so nice. we're pretty excited because 
only five people had Shield of the North going into it as well. So it's pretty new, like, for most of us, including me as the main tank who didn't have it. Like, I had been to uh, the last boss, but I had never cleared it. Um, Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it's like, because I'm still trying to get my timing down, so everything's second nature. A couple times when I've watched the videos, I'm like, ah, crap. Like, I was doing too many other things. And, like, it lapsed for a second. Like, okay, they taunt dropped off. He turns around, immediately goes for one person. And it's like, if I can catch it quick enough, great. Sometimes I have not caught it quick enough. So it's like, and then he's kind of out of position because he goes a little cockeyed type of thing where he's not walking. Okay, that's fixable. That's me needing to just pay more attention. One of them, which, again, I don't really like posting glitches, like, on YouTube. Specifically, like, okay, here's the thing. But that's, unfortunately, how we have to analyze a lot of the stuff. So I just leave them private or whatever. (laughs) There was one of them where I literally re-upped the taunt. And it gets to 12 seconds remaining on taunt. And he turns around, uppercuts somebody, and then turns back to me. And I'm like, I didn't even read up taunt. Like, what? And the clock's still counting down. I was like... Oh, okay, that ain't great. And that's why I felt so bad for one of our GPS. He's like, oh, I'm real dead. I was like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> the taunt's still on him, so I don't really know what the answer is. But, like... And it's, again, not consistent. More often than not, it's a thing where it's like, ah, no, I was... I cut it too close. I didn't re-up it close enough. Because usually I try to re-up it with, like, a second or two yet. So you're not just throwing resources away. But at the same time, like... Y- y- you do want to make sure that it doesn't fully drop off because you get bad luck and it's like, okay, well you have that zero second. He might just turn around and fall grave and decide somebody should yeah, get obliterated. Um, but yeah, so I, I just didn't know if that was a PC thing. Cause we've kind of <laughs> run into it a couple times. Um, much, much, much more prevalent in VHoff. Most of the weird ton issues, not a hundred percent of the time, seem to be user error, but I, I, I would say there's maybe about 5% of the time it gets a little funky for some reason. Um, and I just didn't know if that's like a universal thing or or what. Yeah, I wish I could uh, comment more on that. If anything, uh, definitely uh, keep doing what you're doing in terms of like if uh, you catch that kind of issue, uh, that also makes a great uh, thing to add to a uh, – uh, a report when you're doing a bug report. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, and that's why we try to like the video link or the, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was, <laughs> was going to say. And Lukey, who actually was, uh, he's he's our, um, one, of, one of our DPSs <laughs> from our team, actually. <laughs> we, I'm just curious if you've ever seen it again. Is it, we'll, we'll move on to, you know, some other stuff in a minute. Just for, I, like, I love picking mm-hmm. people's brains for, that actually pay attention to these details and stuff like that. And I hope people find this at least a little interesting. Um, we had a real hard time and uh, Skinny Cheeks had never heard of it. And uh, honestly, we really couldn't find anybody who had ever heard of this. Um, I don't remember if it was in our, our clear video, but uh, while we were practicing back in VHoff, um, the pull before you have to walk through that like sludge water that slows you down at the mm-hmm. uh, like going into the final boss, you go, you got the group of ads, you go down into the sludge sewer, and then you go up, you got the other group of ads, and then there's the boss fight, right? Okay. That first group of ads, all of them are killable, except the one that is farthest to the left. He is a, uh, he's one of the two-leg, just generic ones. I forget exactly which one of the factotums he, or, or, or simulacrum dudes he is. But almost without fail, he would walk into the pipe, he would show up as a red dot, 
and he was out of combat and he there was just no fighting him and you were in combat and you couldn't do damage to him your pets would attack him could do not couldn't do damage to him and if you got close to him there was a chance he would chain you and just basically like blast you but we had no solution to it so we would go luckily this was one of the ones where you don't need to kill all ads to get the trifecta in there it was before they added that stipulation so we were like well worst case scenario we just got to get through the door to the next room and we'll be all right but we would go through the water clear the last set of ads and then if you walked back to him when you got to the the ramp going back up to the previous section he would mm -hmm. dislodge himself on cue out of the wall and run to you and chain one person all the way over to them so he just okay. you needed to be on a heads up thing we have not uh, found anybody who has encountered that, even on, like, the PlayStation, and we have so many videos of it. It was not a rare occurrence. It was almost every run, and it was so funny because people were like, I've literally never seen this. We've had people with, like, so many TikTok comments, they're like, I've never, what, what is the matter with your team? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that specific issue myself, but it does remind me of some of their issues that tend to happen when mobs either, either they are either spawned in too close to the wall Mm -hmm. Or over time, they gradually get spawned inside the wall, or you can't can't really do anything with them. Uh, that was a Castle Thorn that... thing at launch, wasn't it? Like there was a, a group of mobs that were like a group of ads that were like under mm -hmm. part of the map, like they spawned in too low or something. I don't remember the exact details, yeah. but there there are a couple of dungeons that also have something similar. Like uh, in uh, Cradle of Shadows, you usually have that one mob that yeah, tends to in walk the, into ceiling. the ceiling. And, <laughs> yep, uh, that one dude every time. Yeah. Yeah, and then up to uh, like when they finally repositioned one mob, there was one mob that always spawned out of bounds in Tempest Island that they finally fixed. Oh, so I could be I remember that, that one. Yeah, he was off the cliffside, right? Yeah, I forgot just about before that. the uh, the the lightning atronach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it again, it's not a totally wild thing that that might happen, but it was just funny because it seemed nobody really seemed to know what we were talking about till we showed them what our run looked like from our perspective. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes the game acts weird. Like, whatever. No big deal. It was like, yeah, no, I agree. But it's like 99% of our runs. And we were like, whoa, what? I was like, yeah, no, it, it never doesn't happen, really. <laughs> like, that was, it's less of a one-off and more of a fluke if it doesn't happen, which was weird because nobody had ever seen it. So. Bug with a surprising amount of consistency. Exactly. Which I guess is uh, somewhat good for, for testing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, easy repro means uh, more likely you'll get a fix. Right. Yeah, exactly. Trying um, to figure out what the uh, the secret sauce is to get it to reproduce. Yeah, exactly. But um, all right. So I guess on that note, why don't we do a very quick little hiatus now that we've picked your brain and then we will jump in. We'll. Uh, shoot the shit on some tails, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll go from there. So, all right. Um, actually, I believe we have. I'm not sure how updated this is. Oh, actually, one final note that I do feel is worth noting uh, in the game news section before we do our quick little shout out because we uh, actually I do not think this is updated. I forgot to check that. So, crap. Um, all right. Well, whatever. Um, last bit of news that is worth noting because it did happen while we were gone. Um. Pete Hines is actually retiring um, from Bethesda, which is pretty big news. Pete has been there for a very, very, very long time. Um, I personally have gotten to meet Pete Hines a couple times. Seemed like a super nice dude to just chat with at uh, PAX East and stuff like that. But, um, you know, 
one of those things where the turnover that we had talked about when uh, Benefactor was on the show was, you know, there's some longstanding people at Bethesda that are kind of moving on um, at this point, which, you know, take that as you will. We're just kind of giving it to you from a news standpoint. But um, yeah, it, it turns out Pete Hines is another one who has decided to uh, retire. I uh, really, you know, it seems like he's he's. <laughs> He's definitely put in his time over there for for a long, long time. He's been kind of like one of the major figureheads along with Todd Howard over at Bethesda. So hopefully he gets to enjoy his retirement and all of that. But uh, yeah, it seems like Pete Hines will no longer be uh, representing Bethesda, um, which should be interesting as Starfield is behind us now. So the next game on the horizon will be the Elder Scrolls six and it, uh, it won't involve marketing from, uh, Pete Hines, which would be, be a little different to say the least. Yeah. Uh, watching his keynotes, uh, it's always an amazing, uh, thing to, uh, to, to just see how he, uh, you know, presents the, the, the content. And I'm going to be, uh, definitely missing that in the future, but, uh, Best of luck to him in his uh, next endeavor, or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, uh, exactly. And um, the the thing is, like I I've always, uh, like I said, I, I've always kind of had great interactions with him. I did enjoy that he was a little bit more. Uh, I want to. I don't want to say crass, but like he definitely would defend people at the company against internet jackasses like pretty aggressively uh which i personally thought like some people took that as no like that's that's kind of like oh i don't know that i personally always liked that it gave a kind of like a personalized face to bethesda which is something Mm -hmm. that like a lot of companies you know they're companies it is what it is they're they're to make money or whatever but when you can we say it all the time with zoss they run trials with us they do dungeons with us and stuff like that it's like it gives you the fact that it's not just a giant corporate machine a lot of times. It's like, yeah, okay, well, it's everybody's job and business and stuff like that. But it's nice to actually get to chat with people that are there. It gives just like, yeah, there are people that make up this giant thing that doesn't care about you. The people do matter. It's just the entity itself is maybe not. And uh, I always thought that it, it, Pete did a good job of kind of like making that a little better um, <laughs> over overall yeah. because I – Sometimes people try to play a little like too much with the, well, we don't want to say anything. And it's like, well, no, if people are being jackasses to your employees, that's not a bad thing to stand up for them. Like, that's good. Like, so, so I guess I, I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, uh, one of the, um, (laughs) one of the things that I just wanted to bring up because it was, is one of the, interesting things that i i kind of this is an old thing but it was back with um wolfenstein 2 the new colossus uh which is not a new game uh, it's it, it was older and it's not um it, it's bethesda publisher um <clears throat> but not um elder scrolls so this is a tiny bit of a tangent real quick but um there was some weird stuff that came out around the time of that where um some people were complaining that the game was um too anti-nazi um which is interesting um 
beyond the game Wolfenstein as a premise, um, <laughs> just the fact that you can be too anti-Nazi is weird. Um, but one of the things that I super appreciated uh, in one of the interviews <laughs> was Pete Hines kind of brought it up, like it was brought up to Pete Hines. And um, yeah, I just really liked how he handled the situation, which made me laugh. And it was just, uh, this is a part of a direct quote from Pete. Um, Wolfenstein has been a decidedly anti-Nazi series since the first release more than 20 years ago. Uh, this was in a games in, GameIndustry.biz um, article. We aren't going to shy away from what the game is about. We don't feel like it's a reach for us to say Nazis are bad and un-American, and we're not really worried to be about being on the right side of history in this one. And I was, I really just, like, I appreciated the fact that it wasn't like, well, how can we make this seem like Oh, well, no, it's just, dude, no, I don't, like, we don't care about the pro-Nazi market in selling Wolfenstein. I personally re really appreciated that when I saw that interview. Uh, that was before I had actually met him, but I just thought that was good, and I feel like uh, game companies overall shouldn't be afraid to necessarily take a stance, and kind of to that point... Yeah, you don't really need to worry about being on the wrong side of history in this one. Like, that's just not divisive, yeah. or it shouldn't be. Like, so, yeah, uh, shout out to Pete Hines. I, I've very much enjoyed um, any of our interactions and just seeing you around the community for reveals or any of that stuff. So uh, much like you had mentioned, Jimmy, I hope uh, all the best going forward and uh, curious to see if he does anything gaming wise or if he's just decided. That's it. I'm going to call it a career because I've done plenty. So, um, On that note, we'll do a quick shout out thing. Uh, this is super not updated. So apologies. But um, thank you to everybody who has uh, recently jumped onto the UESP Patreon. Um, the most recent one I have, but I think we need to actually uh, upgrade this for next show i'll make sure to grab the list myself and toss it in uh altrade i think or altrade uh thank you you're the most recent one that's listed on the thing but i'm pretty sure that we're missing a chunk um again appreciate all the five-star reviews that people have left for us that's also incredibly helpful on spotify or itunes and actually in the situation where you leave us words uh we can actually read them out and we happened to get one uh, from iTunes with words this time from Riot. Uh, it was five stars. Love the show. Big fan of the show. I listen to the show every time I get into the car. Shout out to Lotus for chatting with me on PSN and inviting me to his guild. See you in Tamriel. Ironically, Riot and I were literally running dungeons the not last night. But the night before, actually, I was farming leads, which I will get into when we get back into Tales. Um, ironically enough, uh, yeah, he 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 was actually in my group. So that was uh, super fun. And uh, we actually just got a raid right before we go to break. Hello, everybody. And uh, we will take one quick break so uh, we can just do this for the podcast bit. And we will be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, we have lots of new friends that have jumped into chat from our good friend Tatanko, who is 
basically always here and the ultimate supporter of anybody in Elder Scrolls Online community. Um, so welcome in, everybody. If um, You know what? Let's just start with you as our guest, uh, Jimmy. What have you been into? You had mentioned a little bit uh, that you had been working on everything in the Endless Archives and whatnot. What uh, how, Have you really solely been on that? I know you've been doing a little bit of trials and stuff like that, but you've never really jumped on, like, overtly talked on the podcast. So what have you been up to uh, gameplay-wise and stuff like that? Uh, what have you been tackling? Quite a bit in the archive, uh, for sure. I have been working on a lot of the different achievements and trying to get those account unlocks, which uh, improve your uh, subsequent runs. There's one that I'm working on that's still kind of eluding me, which gives me an extra thread, like which is a, an extra chance to die in the uh, archive. Oh, that's a handy um, one. Yeah, so... Uh, the one thing there that's been trying to elude me there is that well, that one you have to kind of complete a quest by finding things in the archive as you're running, and those have been kind of hard to find. So, <laughs> just been working on that. Yeah, I, uh, I, RNG is um, an interesting beast, which I'll give more on later. But yeah, I, I so since I haven't done it yet, is there? Is there a lot of RNG in the archive? I mean, obviously, to a degree, it's supposed to have a But can you target certain things, or is it kind of just dig your way through and kind of hope for the best with most of it? Uh, in terms of, like, the achievements or in terms like, of... Like, in the terms of the bombs achievements bombs? or uh, the other one, um, I know they've been a little all over the board on how effective people thought they would be, but, like, target farming, like, I want to get gear specifically. Achievements as well, just because, you know, I'm a giant achievement horse, so I want to get them. I, I know some of them are achievement, like, or RNG dependent, but, um, yeah. yeah, like, I guess in either regard, honestly... Yeah, I think if anything, a lot of the uh, ones where you have to collect the various things, those are pretty dependent upon just random uh, uh, low chance drops. Sure. Uh, but there is a feature in the archive that kind of helps uh, fix that a little bit in terms into your favor. So as you go through the archive, you uh, kill things, you finish arcs, you uh, kill secret bosses, etc. Uh, you'll get uh, these things called fortunes, your, uh, your currency you can spend the archive, and there are... Two vendors in the uh, the main index of the archive, the, the main room you come into, uh, and one will sell the uh, various uh, public dungeon collectibles, and one of them always seems to be a different collectible from the archive that you need to unlock any of those four, uh, what do you call it, uh, collectible unlocks. Okay. So whenever I have fortunes to spare, I've been throwing them at the, that one, and every Monday it seems like they're, they're uh, yeah, that particular vendor's inventory rotates so you'll get things like uh different leads for different zones you'll get you know potential for pick up a different treasure map if you spend these fortunes on it and then it seems like one of the uh, the archive uh collectibles also rotates in so that's what i've been kind of uh spending my fortunes on while i am trying to figure out how to finish this one quest because the the unlocks you need to for the account uh, unlocks those also require your fortunes as well okay so yeah, farming fortunes is definitely going to help uh, ease some of that RNG chance, especially for the collectible unlocks. All right, that's good to know. See, I, and that's just it. I do like, I mean, it's why I loved the idea of um, the collections, what we got with gear. Mm. It's like, yeah, okay, there's still the RNG element, but there's a way to mitigate the fact that it's like, well, I mean, as unlikely as it is, which, you know, it's definitely not a, a thing that's going to be super common, but like, 
there's a chance <laughs> that you could just never get something. Now, that's incredibly unlikely, <laughs> but at the same time, it that's how statistically it could happen. It's just so statistically unlikely. I don't think you have too much to worry about. But um, I, I love the mitigating chance. It's like, okay, in the worst case scenario, it will take me this or any runs. That's fine. Great. Perfect. Like, because I know there's only so many weapons that can drop. If it's the last drop I get, I can calculate how many runs it's going to take me. I love stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, if it happens before, it's just a nice little bonus. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, the uh, you also called attention to the gear sets that are dropping in the archive. Those will drop from the end of uh, arc bosses, usually the uh, the the uh, special uh, uh, archive specific boss. Okay. And uh, they can also drop from uh, these uh, separate bosses called Marauders that can invade your run during the courses of the first two stages of any uh, given cycle. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard them. Yeah. Are the Marauders as rough as they've sounded? I've heard that they're uh, they're not a joke. <laughs> they are definitely not a joke, and thankfully they don't invade you during the first arc. So if you're just trying to get your oh, daily okay. done, they're not going to grief about you in arc one. <laughs> yeah, arc two and on though they have a chance to spawn uh, once each arc, and if you can't beat them for whatever reason, they just go away. They, uh, you know, you'll probably die to it if, if so, but they'll uh, disappear. So you don't end up having to burn your entire run on trying to kill the uh, the Marauder. Uh, but if you can knock them down, you can get uh, an additional drop for the various uh, class-specific set pieces. You'll get some fortunes. And you can also get these cool little uh, special um, random verses that you can pick up. Uh, which are super helpful if, like, say you're going into a uh, fight and you realize, okay, I don't really have a very good defensive uh, capa capacity for this boss's mechanic. I can pop, like, a defensive verse and potentially get a uh, verse that could help me, or I could get something that just doesn't. But uh, oftentimes uh, it helps to have the these on your quick slot because you can just pop one. Like, say you get a, get a Marauder and you're, you know, really low on defense, pop a defensive one, and uh, you'll be able to use that for the uh, the duration of the uh, the stage. Uh, it's basically uh, one rent one. Uh, you can pop one of those like once per cycle. So okay, you can. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Um. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So, kind of continuing on with the fact that uh, you know, this is the first time you've been on the show. I gotta know. Um. Because we had talked about it a little beforehand. You and I have kind of a similar play style where we kind of just do a little of everything. Um, mm -hmm. Overall, what would you say is your like favorite part of the game? Are you like you do again a little of everything, including PVE, PvP, uh, overworld stuff, uh, trials, dungeons, whatever? What would you go with as your special? Like, what what's your favorite part of the game? Do you even have one? I guess. Like, I, I suppose theoretically the answer could be I don't. Like, so so I guess I don't want to pigeonhole you into that. But do you have like a specialty thing you like above all else? Uh, I definitely like bringing uh, new people into content that they haven't seen for the first time. I, I kind of uh, like helping out people trying to get those uh, achievements wherever they're having difficulty. Uh, personally, I'd say dungeons are kind of my uh, forte, mostly because you know it's hard to get into a, a trial group when you don't do a lot of like heavy trialing uh, 
So uh, usually when I sure. go into trials, it's like somebody's like setting up a group and it's like, hey, yeah, I need a fill. Can you come on in? And it's like, sure, I'll come on in. <laughs> and yeah, 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 yeah sure. Well, I love learning the bosses. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's just it. What one of the things that you generally uh, like we had talked about, it's like you you are very precise with like knowing the mechanics as opposed to. I don't want to learn the mechanics. I want to learn how to blow it up so fast I don't have to learn the mechanics. That's fine. That's a totally fine strategy. But I always find that it's fine. It's probably better to know how it works and then burn past it rather than burn past it so you don't have to learn it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, It's always nice to have something to fall back on if you can't burn it. Yes. And and I'm almost a little more on the other side where I'm like, no, I want to learn – like – I want us to try to not burn this, get through it. And then when we actually try to burn it, it's like, okay, well, now this is just a breeze because we had to learn it to do it a miserable way. Um, What do you call it? But um, on that note, though, you're no slouch like in trials. It almost sounded like you like sold yourself a little because you've got like trial like plenty of trial cred. Like, you you know, you've Mm -hmm. done plenty of stuff with trials like you have God Slayer and stuff, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So it's like. That, that's what that's what I mean. I was like, that might not be your forte, but it's like I, I wouldn't classify you as yeah. like new to that either. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm definitely proficient in trialing. It's a matter of just, you know, a number of hours against certain hard mode mechanics. I don't have a lot in the hard mode side of the trialing uh, sure. thing. So it's like, sure, I, I've fought this, but I have not necessarily cleared kinds of ages hard mode. Uh, sad times, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd love to get in there some more and, uh, you know, knock some heads around. It's just a matter of like finding 12 other people who uh, work in uh, in the around the time zone I am in because it's like I, I play oftentimes too late for the East Coasters, sure. too early for the uh, the Australians slash yep. New Zealanders. So it's like you literally kind of have that weird dead zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to, to that point, that's that's exactly it. It's like a lot of this comes from just practice. Like it's just reps. And if you don't find repeating the same thing fun, that's fine. But that's probably just not for you. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal. Um, but like, yeah, case in point, it's like when I when I went in with our new Dawnbringer prog or whatever, it's like, okay, well, I've seen up to the last boss on main tank. So I was like, I know how it functionally works, but we struggled the first week on main boss and it was because well i mean we all had a little bit of an issue the reason we didn't clear night one and get everybody their shield of the north the very first poll we did me right here like because if the main tank goes down that's not great like everything's going to shit like (laughs) like when you're down there and there's a lot to do and the damage incoming is incredibly high um once i got some reps in it Okay, now I know how to dodge. Now I know, like, what's his timing on winding up for a heavy attack? It's not me trying to react so much as knowing what to look for preemptively. That literally just comes from not me being crazy smart or good at the game or having some freakish reacting time. It's learning what the hell I'm looking for. Like, and so, like, when we went back in, okay, well, now it's a little better. The fight goes a little smoother. It goes a little faster. Okay, the next time we get a clear, well, okay, now I know that. So now I'm going to work on, okay... Well, now I've got the timing better, so I can make sure my wall time is always up. Now we can get stagger up. Like, I add parts to it as things become more second nature. Unless you're like a savant, that's how that really works. And even still, the best players in the game have always, you watch their amazing runs and how good they are at it. That's absolutely true. But 
you'd get bored watching the 500 times they got killed by something that they didn't see coming. It's just like, that's not the interesting part. Yeah, that, that's kind of the thing where it's like learning a trial, there's a lot of different things you need to digest. You need to learn like what the audio cues are, what the boss's uh, movements kind of mean in terms of what comes next. And learning how to read the entire situation uh, can be daunting. But taking it into smaller pieces and parts, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll do uh, healing so that way I can see what the healing perspective is. Or I'll be tank one day so I can see what kind of incoming damage I don't see on my side uh, if I typically damage deal. So right. I feel like if I do a little bit of everything, I get to feel a bit more of the fight or out. And then it kind of helps me gauge how can I break this down to somebody who might not have seen any of these before. And sometimes I'll get into these really long, like, long-winded uh art discussions of the mechanics and i gotta really just kind of pare it down to what they have to look for and uh and just kind of help uh ease people into it and you know sure we're going to die that's that that happens that happens all the time that's how we learn yeah no without a doubt without a doubt and um you know that that i think a lot of people think like it, it's jarring when you're not like oh okay well i'm not used to that so like everybody's gonna be mad if i'm dead it's like well you have two situations. One, that's expected. Or two, if people are that mad that quick, then maybe that's not the right team for you because they're way too impatient to actually get anything done with. Like, that's that's a different beast. Um, but yeah, a lot of these things just come with practice. So um, that's, that's why I kind of like to always, like, reiterate that because it's like, yeah – it just takes practice for these things. It's just learning it, getting the timing down, and and it becomes second nature. And honestly, it's when you have a good group of people, it's a lot of fun. But to your point, it's a lot easier to find endless archives, one other person, dungeons, three other people, getting a trial team, finding 11 other people that all can run at the same time. And the biggest thing have the same kind of mindset on what they're trying to do. Do you want it to be a casual run where nobody really gives a crap? That's fine. Do you want it to be a, a hard mode group? Do you want it to be a trifecta group? Very different play styles and dedication levels and like stuff like that. So it's like finding 11 other people to be on the same page as you is like, whew, okay, that is an undertaking. So it's, it's, it's you know... I kind of one of the things have you used the new grouping feature that's out have you tried it at all does that uh seem any use i i don't personally think i'll use i don't know i might who, who knows i didn't think i was going to use companions either and i actually like them when i'm doing quests so what do i know uh, i've used it a, a bit and overall i i like it a lot uh, in terms of the ability to find out what's happening without necessarily having to camping camp in a specific zone uh, a lot of us in PC tend to camp Craglorn for trials, sure. or uh, sometimes we might be camping in, uh, say, uh, Stormhaven, which you might get some dungeon uh, callouts, or maybe even a, an occasional trial callout if somebody's hopping zones trying to figure out where <laughs> where can I find a fill for a particular thing. So I think this can help out a lot with those situations where you you have like a raid lead jump, dungeon hopping trying to fill uh, a pigeonhole, fill a uh, a missing DPS or a missing healer or whatnot. Sure. Uh, I find it uh, fairly easy to kind of create the group, but uh, there are a few little uh, caveats to it that make it a little tricky to find certain groups. Like maybe you want to create a group that you want to 
publish out to just uh, people who have the code to subscribe to. Some people might not necessarily know that you have to go and click a filter in order to find groups that have um, uh, that only accept codes, uh, basically, so you can jump on in. If you're, uh, I think, um, voice comms also falls under that same okay. thing where it will filter out those from the, the general list of things that you look for if you're just bringing up the group finder. Sure, sure. But if you're looking for a specific run like that, uh, if you uh, use the the filters to look for them, you'll find them. It's just oftentimes, uh, you, you know, you might not necessarily expect to have to go and drill down into a menu in order to get that. So little, little things like that that make it a little uh, harder for folks who haven't seen the the, the interface to, to learn. I think it'll be over time, it'll, it'll make things easier. Mm-hmm. It, it's just right now we're in that kind of... Uh, switching phase where people are still calling out in zone, which is perfectly fine. Uh, it, it's just a matter of like knowing where the tool is, how to use it, and playing around with it to see what you can do with it. Sure, sure. Um, so I can switch over to one of the things like, um, and I kind of want to bounce this off you because, um, I've over the since the last show, I actually got the last uh two weird side off achievements uh from four player content uh so i now have all of the four player weird side things in the game uh my last two were cubed which um i've said it before i'll say it again fuck that achievement that's ridiculous (laughs) and it's stupid and i hate it um um can, can relate can understand yeah it's awful um it's awful it, we actually got another one where we missed it by two frames oh no uh when we were watching the vod because they were convinced we were convinced we had it and we didn't get it at the end um and we went back and looked and it looked like it was two frames past three seconds so it was whatever that is uh, counts to like three point to five seconds or 3.1 oh, seconds it was it was rough but then we got the following poll um but yeah that was that was awful uh that's it's a very specific block pushing puzzle during the third boss fight in moongrave fane on veteran it's just and unfortunately there's no way to know whether you got it or not until the fight's yeah. over which is like extra rough because then it's like well, now you have to go back to the beginning and go through the first half of the dungeon to try it again. Um, and if you if you spend too much time on extra pulls trying to make sure it works, if you were to die but you had it, you won't get it either. So it's just it's this balancing act. It's a rough yeah. achievement with RNG because the lava things that you're covering with the block are also random, uh, randomly placed mm-hmm. in a in a. I would yeah. say, I wouldn't say random, procedurally random. They're in a location spot but it's only so many spots are available but it's randomly picked from one of those uh, acceptable spots um yeah but yeah uh, yeah they're different uh features of the fight that might benefit or uh, hinder your progress the positioning of the boxes at any given time Mm -hmm. whatnot so many different variables to balance and on top of that you have to be within what three seconds five seconds i can't remember three seconds it's it's it is a a razor thin margin (laughs) It's like um, a shameless shout out to uh, to add on uh, creators. Thank you so much, Code. Uh, you uh, were instrumental in helping us get that in our run. So yeah, no, that shout one. Out to you, Code. That one, I one hundred percent 
can relate to like yeah now if you can use that with an add-on that's not a difficulty changing thing that's literally oh. just a built-in clock that you don't have to guess all we yeah uh, the add-on pr- not having add-on just means yeah you have to guess more and restart farther back that's literally all it's doing it's like it's yeah. it has nothing to do with changing skill or anything oh like, no <laughs> It, it's just having that internal timer doesn't really work for me. So it's like sure having having the having something help pace me on saying okay you you failed it try again. It's like, right. It's just you just perfect. know whether to restart the fight or not. It's just how yeah. much of this time will it waste? <laughs> it's really exactly. all it's changing. Um, and then the other thing we did because uh, we were goofing around with it our uh, our tank hazard has just kind of been away. He was on a little vacation. So since I've been doing more tanking stuff we were like well let's go in we'll do some weird stuff so we were um kind of did a uh our team of four is actually like a team of six um and just mm-hmm. basically we rotate who's in the group of four so it's kind of nice because when you need, need a sub we all work together anyways so it's like we have perma subs for that and people have done different degrees of stuff so we're just kind of jumping in and out as need be so i was like you know what i haven't tanked stuff and like forever really um so if i'm tanking heinz agus maybe just doing some other stuff would be a good refresher i'll just get better at my timings again so we went through and we did the castle thorn trifecta and the ice reach trifecta and uh what else did we do uh oh we went through and did prodigious pacification which is using mm-hmm. the giant in the nice ice part. reach hard mode yeah to slam the witches to put them out of things um all of that stuff just for people in the crew that didn't have those. Um, they were a lot of fun. We were shockingly efficient. We did the um, the Castle Thorn hard mode one where you have to keep the Guardian preserved. I think that's what it's called. Or you got to keep that little yeah. douchebag alive. Um, we did that with two tanks. That's a lot easier with two tanks. Um, but yeah, we went through those, um, which, again, surprisingly efficient, especially compared to how difficult it was the first time I did prodigious pacification. I just couldn't get the timing down worth crap. Um, and guardian preserved, we've done it a few times. So we're actually pretty decent at that, but I actually had never tanked it. I had only ever DPS it before. So that was kind of fun to do it from a different perspective. Um, and one thing that I have learned because the last time I was tanking soft taunt wasn't really a thing. Holy mm. crap. Do I, did I forget how much I loved soft taunt because it was a thing back in the day. And that's, mm. I remembered that. And then. When we were doing all our trifectas, that wasn't a thing. Like, I did not have soft taunt. And now it's back. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Like, I barely even use inner fire. I just throw chains at stuff. Just as like, come on yeah. over, and then I puncture you just to make sure. Like, but um, I I love that. Like, oh, my God. It's amazing. Uh, I, I didn't realize exactly what a game changer that was until going back to tanking after like a year off of it. Um, that's amazing. And I love it. Um, and from that perspective, we did uh, all the side achievements for people in black rows. I will never understand. Maybe you have some deep insight on it. The one mm-hmm. where in the final boss fight, <laughs> you have to let uh, what's his face, the unchained, whatever his name is, the blast boss absorbed two ghosts intentionally. Uh, okay. 
which normally one ghost, you take a little splash damage. That's the idea. The more ghosts he gets, mm -hmm. the more he's going to blow everything up with that scream. So you don't want to do that. Yeah. There's an achievement for always letting him absorb at least two ghosts. Mm -hmm. And I know that if you get random ghosts on accident, the scream hits you harder. It, it like seems to give like a bit more damage to you or something like that. It seems like. I be a debuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I think I literally do not understand. We got it. We got it again. I've gotten it a couple times with different groups. The damage of his scream. Durkarak, thank you. You are correct. Th thank you. Um I do not understand how that scream mechanic works. I have after doing it several times, the scream mechanic seems all over the place in damage. So when we were giving him two, when he only gets one, there's fine. Like, you're good. It's just totally normal. Not a big deal. You just take some damage. When it goes to two ghosts, I feel like it's just logic goes out the window. There was runs where he had two ghosts. We're all at 100%. And somebody throws up a barrier and three people get obliterated for 77,000 damage. We've done the exact same scenario. And people took objectively zero damage. Like, nothing. Not even. And I'm like. What the? And then the the countless other runs where people will just like, oh, I took a little damage as the tank. This person took twenty five percent of their health. This person took thirty three percent of their health. Okay, maybe they weren't topped off. Oh, and this other person was completely one shot. And I'm, it's so erratic that mm -hmm. we were just like, I don't, I don't know what we're buffing for. And I I know I told this story a while back, so I'll just condense it, but. The one where the first time I did it, I was on a DPS, not a tank. Mm -hmm. I never survived. I couldn't ever survive. And I'm like, oh, it must be something like it's got to be my resistances are crap. So we compared what we were all wearing. And there were two of us in the same Magplar setup, one of which was never dying and me that was dying every single time. So I was like, OK, maybe I got to make sure that I'm not getting a ghost. So I did. And I died. And the DK was in the group as well. was like, well, this is my thing. Just because I was trying to figure out what was going on, I put myself in tank gear on my Magplar. Mm -hmm. okay. So obviously I scaled way back on my damage, but I was like, whatever. My resistances were 33,000 across the board, and I got one shot. Wow. <laughs> but only with two ghosts. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how it works. I, don't, I, I give up. I don't get it. And it's super random. And the one we cleared it on with this new group to get it for our buddy... The one we finally got, he accidentally got three ghosts. And we're like, we're effed. And it was like, he had like 12% health. So we're like, we've got to try to burn him before he screams because we're not going to live. We didn't have a barrier ready. It did like 8% damage on all oh, of wow. us. None of us took like anything. We're like, never mind. We just get it. And we didn't know why we got it. We just did. And we were like, hey, whatever. Like, woo. But it was... That is the most confusing achievement to me. And it's I, granted, the achievement is basically do this boss fight wrong, like do it inefficiently. Much, yeah. So I get mm -hmm. it. But it's just like I've never had a non-confusing attempt at doing that achievement. And I don't know why. I don't know what relates to it. I just it fries my brain. <laughs> yeah, I think in my group, our, our attempts at that were fairly smooth. Uh, we didn't have anybody get particularly one shot by the mechanic. 
kind of makes me think that there might be something odd falling off, but at the same Maybe, time, it's or like a desync thing. Yeah, like yeah. there could be a desync thing. There's a really funny video where, again, I don't like to just dunk on goofy things, but we had one run way back where it was just like it was an unchained run, but we botched it, so we already had like two deaths. We're like, ah, whatever. And mm-hmm. one of them, I. <laughs> I cleanse like we did the ghost phase total like normal like we were doing our unchained version and uh, I cleansed because I was on DPS and I I run back in and I start my rotation and I explode and I'm like what the and I look at it and it was spectral explosion well spectral explosion was already over and it was like and one of my buddies like I posted the VOD in our goofy chat and somebody was just like dude even though it took away the ghost like the light blue color you go they're like i don't Mm -hmm. think it purged and we looked at it and that's what it was it thought i had four ghosts and i wasn't purging so i just exploded and i was like all right well i guess that explains it but it was like did i run in too fast but my color like the the blue color went away but like did it desync because like it because you never know sometimes it could be an internet hiccup at the wrong time like yeah. whatever but it was just goofy i didn't ruin the run or anything like that somebody just picked me up and was like don't do that like it, it was a nothing death but it was just funny because i was like what did i do wrong <laughs> like yeah um i'll pose this as this is something that kind of got me when i was yeah, first yeah. running the mechanics uh, and learning it on my nightblade and I was using Dark Cloak as my self-heal. Okay. Sometimes I would Dark Cloak just as I was picking, trying to pick up a ghost, and I would well, pass right through it. I would not pick it yeah. up. Oh, yes. Okay. So, that is something that's super we, – We, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that for just, you know. One thing we did have to do, and one of my uh, – shout out to Ninja Penguin on the PlayStation, um, mm-hmm. just because he was the one that told me this. If you are full sprint, now I don't have any idea if this is a PlayStation specific thing. If you are mm-hmm. full sprint and the game is not giving you the ghost when you run through it, yeah, you have more latency than the game is keeping up with. What you need to do is untoggle sprint, walk through one ghost, and it will reset what your hitbox is for it. It has mm-hmm. worked 100% of the time for me. I've never okay. had it fail. Like, I'll run through the ghost. I If it doesn't give it to me, I just put on the brakes, and it's like, no, untoggle my run, walk through that ghost. You got It's really cringy, especially if you're in panic mode, like, because you're running a little late or you're pushing for time or something like that. But if you take that extra step, it has always then given me that ghost to follow up. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw this out here because it's also it's only on my nightblade and only when i cast yeah so it's only that's interesting (laughs) so So that seems like that that one might have something specifically tied to that one too interesting yeah i was pretty convinced at one point that i should not cast any skills while walking through ghosts and that then i was able to consistently pick things up so i have no idea if that was just like what worked for me or if it was just you know some weird thing where maybe i can't simultaneously cast a skill and pick up a ghost because they both consume some sort of internal <laughs> timer at the same time yeah yeah, know. yeah but yeah it, it was just this is weird i can't explain it but it's working for everybody else and <laughs> right. i'm shrugging trying to what did i do wrong <laughs> right exactly um so yeah that that's all with those yeah. like i just i've perpetually found that to be a weird thing now that i've tried it a couple times um but the big one we got which was my final one um and actually all of us it was the first time we had ever gotten it um the thrilling trifecta achievement in Black Rose. Um, oh gosh, that one. <laughs> yep, that seems to be the universal response to that one. Which, for anybody not super accustomed to it, in Black Rose Prison in Arena Four, you fight 
one after another, essentially until they're all in the arena, the first three bosses of the arena. So you have Battle Mage, you have Tames the Beast, and you have uh, Lady Minara. And what happens is the fight will start and the Battle Mage comes out as you reach a damage threshold with her. Tames the Beast comes out. As he reaches a damage threshold, Lady Minara will come out. And in the meantime, they're all doing their own things, all of their own mechanics from each of the boss fights. And one of the boss fights does include Tames the Beast spawning basically all the crap he spawns in Arena 2. <laughs> While all that's happening, you have the obnoxious invincible Netches that please never do that again. I am fine with elemental hazards. Do not make a targetable enemy that for whatever reason can reflect damage, but you can't hurt. That is so frustrating for so many reasons. And I think it still responds to ground dots, too. It sure does. Um, yeah. it, it sure does, because the amount of just random whatever I get from my wall, I'm just like, again, it's fine, whatever. Like, there's the flame Atronox out there. They're, they're there. They're part of the environmental thing. But just, like, these poison burping things that just do crazy insta-gib, like, dot damage if you stand in their AoE, which is granted much more avoidable but like to your point walls hitting them and they're zapping you with everything else it's just no 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 never do that again please <laughs> just don't make them invincible if they can hurt me that's lame um but that aside all that crap happens um and what you need to do is you need to kill the three main bosses within 20 seconds of each other um which is interesting <laughs> um, because you need to intentionally keep the old ones alive while damaging the new ones so that they're at least somewhere in the we, I posted the video only two of us I think have our mics on but it's really yeah. just awkward as hell um, I used a lot of it I was like range taunting because they have different speeds tames the beast is a ranged archer <laughs> and he teleports right um so i could just stay away from him and he could just plink me from range that's fine the battle mage is fast and constantly in your face lady minara will well she's melee as well but she's not as fast as the battle mage and she can periodically tether to people, making her and it's all sorts of horrible things. Yeah. She's draining health back or she's invulnerable or whatever. Yeah. Um, and her placement also like staggers depending on whether or not she's casting her bat swarm and whatnot. Correct. Because you don't want her in that because then she enrages if she's in her own yeah. bat swarm. So I needed to grab those things. Um, and then I basically had to let them fend for themselves while mm -hmm. they basically burnt off the random Hajmoda and the Wamasu and the, uh, the, the, the river troll type of thing, Yeah, which we did really well. Uh, it, it definitely took a lot of practice, but, um, we, yeah, we managed to do that. And I, I, they happen to be staggered a bit on kite. I was getting pretty okay at directing them. And, they happened to just group up perfectly where the battle mage was a little off to the side. 
then tames the beast who's right there and then minara came in in front so they were like holy this is great so they got some solid damage on without really messing up the battle mage and then all of a sudden it looked like the battle mage died while we were a little not ready for it because we were like all right we're gonna mm-hmm. focus minara and we'll go backwards like that's what we'll yeah. do because it'll and all of a sudden we don't see the battle mage we're like Oh fuck! Oh, we no. killed her. Like, oh, we we got a we got a nuke. We got a nuke. We oh, and so they're like just full anything they can throw out as fast as possible. And then the flame pinwheel starts in the middle. We're like, oh, she teleported. She didn't die. <laughs> She's safe. So, so we got oh, super man. lucky in RNG because both of those dudes had no health left. So Minara got oh, blasted. Then Tames got blasted, and then we could just turn around and just blast off, like because I I think she escaped with thirty five hundred hit points. That's why we thought she died. Ooh. She literally was a light attack away from like dead. Yeah, so we managed to get it. It was really fun. Um, yes, Isha, <laughs> the shout out thing is a disaster. <laughs> um, yeah, so like we were really excited about that. Managed to get that done. Um, and and that's really just like almost is two and a half weeks of me like playing and stuff like that. Uh, but been a lot of fun. The other thing that um, I got to do, I got to do for a little while yesterday. We had one other session and um, shout out to everybody who jumps in for these things because I have no stream schedule whatsoever, unfortunately. Um, but I got to play some more Daggerfall, the Elder Scrolls 2, which man, that game is unforgiving, but I'm not going to lie. It's not only pretty fun um that game is really ahead of its time uh it's also incredibly brutal um it does not really tell you where to go a lot of the time um and i was pretty well and lost so i managed to kind of bumble into doing the things that i needed to do i killed uh i killed these liches which Again, when it comes to RNG, um, there there are plenty of clips. I haven't posted them yet. I'll be posting these to my YouTube if you're interested in how the old games managed to uh, run. But I uh, so these liches in the game, there's liches like you would see in ESO. Same idea. They're just big ass skeletons with capes and they throw magic spells at you. But they are very high level and they throw them at you very in the middle to early of the game. <laughs> Which is pretty mean spirited. Uh, I just hit level nine in battles uh, in in Daggerfall, and I found out because people were helping me out in chat that they are level twenty, um, and their agility is so high that it's really really rough to roll to hit because this is much like Morrowind gets ripped on. It's a roll to hit game, not your damage is between this and this as long as you hit. It's you hit or you just miss which is rough because then you just do zero damage and um yeah i uh just blindly swung like an idiot trying to hit this thing for so much time just getting one shotted after one shotted after one shotted but um yeah it it's i i will say it's a it's a super fun game despite its frustrating bits um and it's fascinating to see where the series has come since the very beginning and um yeah i'm I'm hoping to manage to get through daggerfall i don't i once again i've got to try to figure out where to go next i've got a little bit of a direction for change because i kind of went to the dereni tower on a whim thanks to uh chat kind of just suggesting like i was trying to figure out who 
who somebody's name was and somebody mentioned that it was like, oh, I, I think their last name was Dureni. I was like, to the Dureni Tower because I got nothing. I don't know where to go and the log doesn't help. It makes me really appreciate quest markers in ESO, even when they're weird or in Skyrim. I just like having some idea of where to go. Um, but yeah, so I, that, that's been fun. I, I've just really been enjoying that from when I get to play it, even though it's super fucking frustrating at times. Um, but otherwise, I would say, Jimmy, if you know, it's been a pleasure having you here to chat. Um, where can people usually find you? Like, what, what are you up to? You stream a decent amount. Um, we had mentioned you're on the stream team. Um, yeah, where, where can people get a hold of you if they want to check out your stuff, which I definitely recommend? So, sure. Um, I stream, uh, mon- or uh, I remember the days. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays over on Twitch TV slash Jimmy JJ Shabadoo. And I also have a, uh, a pr- presence on, I'm a, I refuse to call it X Twitter. Yep. No, I do the <laughs> so, same. It's Twitter. It's, it's Twitter and it'll yeah. always be Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a presence on Instagram as well as on YouTube uh, at the same, uh, though I have yet to really start branching out into to, to YouTube yet. I'm hoping to get there eventually. It's just being a software engineer is my main nine to five and uh a also a somewhat part-time but yet full-time uh, streamer it's hard to, to to get all the all the things uh checked off so those are the two main things i focus on twitter and uh, and twitch and eventually maybe going to dabble into youtube as uh, as time permits sure sure no that's awesome um and also you know i can totally understand it's like if you're if you're on a computer all the time for everything oh, let's now edit videos. It's probably not the highlight of what you want to jump into next. That's a lot of screen time to subject yourself to. Um, So as for me, I'm just Lotus of Doom on everything. Um, But before we just do the final uh, to go, going to shout this out uh, because planning has begun, well, more than begun. It's in practice and we will be having a special guest appearance once again from Dave from the UESP. I know people have sent great feedback because it's always a fun chat with Dave. But UESP will again be uh, lending a major hand in giveaways for Extra Life, which is right around the corner. Um, So we have been trying to nail down a date. I can now officially say the date that we are going to do this, um, at least for me specifically, and we were trying to fill it in so we can have as much time available so people can hang out with us, donate to this great cause. It's going to be the first weekend in December. So it's going to be December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, that weekend, if you want to include that Friday. My shift will be, I will be starting on Saturday, December 2nd at 6 a.m., uh, Eastern time. And my plan is to go for 20 hours, um, just playing either Elder Scrolls online. Some, uh, people enjoyed the classics last year. We did a quote unquote, uh, <laughs> 
playthrough of the javascript phone game dawnstar which i unintentionally beat i guess in like four and a half minutes uh because i just blindly guessed correctly who the person was and it was like congratulations you did it i was like well, all right i've ruined everything um but yeah so it's going to be elder scrolls focused for the most part um just because crossover audience and it's the game i play more than anything else but um yeah so arc will be picking up where i leave off after that and also this year tom or robots who's jumped on the show uh several times and also is you know my other co-host from us doing um the elder scrolls lorecast is also going to see what he can do to fill in extra time that weekend for everybody just so that we can kind of have like a just weekend long party uh to raise money for a good cause which is the children's miracle network hospitals um prizes we're going to do a big showcase of them but um we will be having bethesda gear store gift card giveaways um tons of in-game stuff that we will be able to gift with crowns and whatnot um we also are going to be getting i'm waiting to hear back from gina she's working on scrounging up some stuff that we can give away in game as well non you know gifting stuff like literal prizes from zoss themselves um as well as um next week dave will give all the details or next show i should say uh, dave will give all the details on we're looking into doing the patreon rewards that we did from the uesp last year because we know how much everybody enjoyed those so that's that's going to be on our docket we will obviously keep providing more information as it gets close but if you are available even if you just want to hang out and can't donate financially which is totally understandable um the weekend of December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we are going to be doing our big Extra Life year-end marathon, which um, this is, it's been, a, I, this is uh, many years uh, of, of this, and it's still a cause I super, super support. So um, any help in that regard is going to be great, and hopefully we can give you guys something back for helping us stay awake and everything. Um, as for just the show itself, you can follow everything we do over at talesoftamrielpodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media and content. You can be sure to check out uh, our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash the UESP if you want to help support the show and earn some awesome Elder Scrolls themed rewards, which we'll have lots of details. You can actually check it out now if you want to see some of the stuff that we will be aiming to give away during Extra Life. Um, if you would also like to give us a five-star review on iTunes or um, Spotify, that's fantastic. We super appreciate it. Um, it also helps people know that we are a real podcast and that we say real words, and sometimes those words matter. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining on this episode of Tales of Tamrio. We will see you all next time. Have a great one, and we will see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout, Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on Sir it fell, and lie.
take a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic affused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone. To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end